teacher's voices. As voices do professor. As voices do professor. La voce La voix des enseignants. Bien, 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 Teacher's voices. Welcome to a new episode of Teacher's Voices. In this episode, we will continue the inspiring conversation with Boss Hierne Thompson about learning through play that we started in our previous episode, Why Learning Through Play is Beneficial at All Ages. In the next 20 minutes, we will discuss a topic that has become increasingly relevant in today's education, the intersection between learning through play and technology. We will count once more on both expertise and also listen to the stories of two inspiring teachers from very different contexts. Patricia from Mexico, who works with all ages, but tells us about early teenagers' use of video games in a learning context. And Pamela from South Africa, who shares with us her experience of how her primary school students learned through play via distance learning during COVID-19 school closures. Before we hear their stories, let's hear from Boss Hierne Thompson, Vice President of the LEGO Foundation and Chair of Learning Through Play. He reminds us that many of the ways in which we can learn through play may incorporate technologies at some levels. We know that there are many different types of activities, many different types of play. You know, there are physical forms of play where you balance and move around. You are sometimes manipulating objects like Lego or blocks, or you're playing games, whether it's board games or digital games, or you are dressing up, pretending, or imaginative role-playing. All of these are activities, like different types of play, where children and, you know, even all across ages, you develop a broad range of skills. You are socially engaging and collaborating You are expressing and regulating emotions. You are sustaining your attention. You're being creative. But it's also fundamental to understanding mathematics, to learn a new language, and to prepare for your understanding of knowledge and more complex concepts. The increased use of technologies by young people is a concern often expressed by teachers and parents. But we also know there can be many positive aspects that technology can bring to learning through play and ultimately benefit children's learning and development. So, you know, technologies that are passive, that, uh, you know, are sedentary, uh, just isolated watching at screens, are really where we see some limitations. But when we look at how technologies are used in playful ways, where they test and try out things, they engage collaboratively with others, and they use it integrated to explore the environment. There's huge opportunities, uh, both for, for development and for learning. Where we see the benefits are, is uh, there are actually many different ways we've seen technologies that are used uh, for good purposes, uh, also during the pandemic. And it's because technologies are getting much more integrated. And that's when it's inherently social, When you have conversations uh, with children where they're moving around with a camera, they engage in chats and comments, or they are collaborating or actually creating things online, like with Minecraft or different types of open-ended environment. To see how both observations are considered in daily practice by teachers around the world, we start today's journey in Monterrey, Mexico. Patricia has a very busy agenda during weekdays because she teaches many school levels. 
But today is Sunday and she generously welcomes me in her family house with a cup of coffee as her kids have not yet woken up. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, Nina. Nice to see you or hear you. <laughs> Patricia first tells us about her experience and teaching context. Well, I have been teaching for 15 years now, always in the technology science department. If in grades of students of three years old, four years old, all the way to ninth grade, and everything in between. My expertise is middle school. My most teaching years, I have been doing that middle school, uh, fifth grade, all the way to ninth grade. Patricia is passionate about game-based learning. She told me about the first time she heard about game-based learning in a conference and how that experience ignited her interest in putting that in practice. I started like, making this connection between what we can do with the learning objectives that we have in the school using game-based learning based on Minecraft. So we started. And here the important part, it was that, as I have to tell you the truth, Nina, I am not an expert playing. Everyone tells me, Patti, by now you should be very good playing Minecraft, which I know how to play after all these years, but I'm not so good at doing that. So I relied a lot on my students One of the fears that a lot of teachers encounter and they have told me before is that since they don't know how to play, they put apart this part because they say, well, probably the students are going to know more than me and I'm not going to be able to teach them, which probably is true. Students know a lot how to play a specific game, in this case, Minecraft. But what I did was that I make a team with uh, some students that I detected that they knew how to play very good Minecraft. And we created this program where it was not only the idea of Teacher Patty, it was actually the idea of the students of Teacher Patty. And they got involved with a project in uh, so uh, deep in this uh, practice that it evolved throughout the years. It went from a little club that we started on, on recess and then moving on to the curriculum. And at the very end, two years ago, I have to tell you that we are very proud with the students that we had this project in hand with Minecraft and Microsoft. And we were able, and we were the only school worldwide to design a sculpture using certain parameters in Minecraft. And then using a, a technique named Via Rock, they created that same structure in real life. My students had the opportunity to go all the way to Cozumel, Mexico. It's a beautiful beach that we have here in Mexico. And they placed the structure on the water for it to become a coral reef in the future. So just picture this, Nina. One of my students, who actually the one that won this contest, he can say, he and his partner, that as we speak, a structure that they designed using Minecraft with all different uh, objectives set, it's now becoming a coral reef. So as you see, game-based learning in this project is the base of it. So that's why I'm so into game-based learning in the class. I wanted to know more about the kind of problem-solving skills that Patricia's students develop through this kind of game-based experience, and she gave me an example. 
I remember so well that they needed to construct a specific structure where one of the students was playing in the survivor mode. So it had to give material to the other student, but it, they had to give the, the right amount of blocks to construct this structure that I, I'm talking about. And they were doing this uh, base that was uh, a square. And they wanted to know how many little squares, which, as you know, the base of, of Minecraft is focused on, on squares that resemble like pixels. And uh, they didn't know how much material they should give one student to the other one. So what happened is that I said, well, use your math skills. Let's take the area of the surface that you're doing. And then they go, I teacher, it was like those aha moments that people have like, ah, now I know why you should, we should learn how to take out the area or, ah, I know why we should know how to take the perimeter of an area. So it was those moments that it was amazing. The way that looks like in later stages of development may not look like play. It's more experiential forms of learning. So children go and students go to explore real life problems in their communities or their environments. They engage in project-based learning. So they create a project that is meaningful to them collaboratively with others or they engage in problem-based learning. So they really figure out what is a key problem or challenge in school, in the community, whether it's based on sustainability or anything that they see as a need around them. And then they try to explore that problem in a process where they create an idea, they critically reflect on the need, and they come out and collaborate with many others. Patricia also mentioned an important example from her teaching practice that resonates with what Bo says about assessment with regards to creative technologies. I remember that there was a, a second grade student and this student, he went into his class and he failed his uh, science exam, which was about natural disasters, specifically tsunamis. He failed. He didn't write the proper answers and for the teacher and for everyone else, he didn't know the topic. So at the same time, we work in collaboration between subjects. And while they were learning everything related to tsunamis, we were uh, making a tsunami in the world of Minecraft. So it was amazing that he created these levels and this uh, environment where he clearly understood what was a tsunami because he made a simulation of a tsunami using Minecraft. So we called the teacher and we said, like, we know that he was not able to write what he was uh, supposed to in the written exam, but come and see his world. It's a real simulation of the tsunami. So obviously the concepts, he grabbed them, he had them, but we are giving the students the power to show us a different way on how to express themselves. And probably for him, writing down there in an exam was difficult, but it was easy for him to express himself through a simulation. So assessment has been quite narrow in your quantified, standardized. If you get more rich information, like when you build things with uh, Lego blocks or express things in painting and multiple things on the wall and materials, You can use the same with different types of creative technologies. And when you have creative technologies, that's a form of representation that is changing assessment to be much more diverse. Uh, so you have much more rich representation of children's lives and what they do, what they're interested in, and what they learn. 
Patricia finally summarized the difference that game-based learning is making in her students' learning processes. Once they start working and learning through game-based learning, they are constantly learning, connecting, involving with their, their environment through positive experiences in games. And I've seen it. I've seen how my students have changed the way they like to go to school just because they enjoy going to classes where the game-based learning is used in the classroom. And I highly believe that game-based learning has to have the element of happiness in it. If not, the students are not going to be learning. And since I also think that they need to be involved in an active way when they're using all the different pieces, I'm talking about Minecraft or I'm talking about Lego or any other mean that you are using. From Mexico, we now travel to South Africa and we stop near Johannesburg, where Pamela is waiting for us in the All Boys Primary School, where she teaches. She has been teaching for 25 years, but I can see from the very first moment that teaching is her vocation as she is eager to share her stories. I also realize as she welcomes me how cozy and welcoming her school environment is. Pamela first describes this learning environment for us, as well as her teaching approach. I have a huge diverse group of children with many different cultural race and economic backgrounds. So it's a wonderful mix, a real rainbow nation of children in my class. I believe in teaching the whole child as each child learns differently. I believe in the concrete teaching and then moving on to the pictorial and then lastly your abstract teaching. Because as young children in particular, they thrive on these types of learning, which is of my experience. I asked Pamela to describe for us an example of how she has used learning through play with the support of technology. She was interested in explaining what she and her school did when they had to move to online teaching during COVID-19 related school closures. Now, when we did online teaching, uh, my school was very fortunate to go onto Google Classroom. We have many opportunities for the children to actually learn through play via technology, via the online learning. When we first went into our first lockdown, our children, obviously, we were unable to see them to give them perhaps resources and equipment. So we actually, the teachers were phenomenal, went online and learned the skills that we needed to give to the children to learn through play, to continue learning through play, even though we weren't face-to-face. -face. So many of the teachers developed teaching videos. We gained technology and used resources from the online to show them videos, to um, still continue to sing songs, to do brain breaks. We developed Google uh, virtual classrooms. We developed virtual libraries. It was absolutely phenomenal. And then when we were at a stage, we were actually allowed to engage with our parents in just handing out teaching packs. We were able to send resources home like their whiteboards, our Lego six bricks, Play-Doh, paints, that type of resource. And through our online lessons that we used to do during the day, we would use those practical resources to continue with the playing for learning and to continue to develop our children through play. So it was actually phenomenal and we were very privileged as a staff to be able to continue with our education like it didn't stop. <laughs> 
The key benefits really of technologies in that regard is it is a tool that's highly engaging. It's also a tool that can be used for documentation. So it means that when we use technologies where children express ideas, they document what they do, they collaborate on doing small projects, it's actually something that enables feedback from teachers and commenting and sharing across children. Pamela's teaching style is a holistic one, as she herself described, and she wanted to share with us how meaningful the results of her teaching approach are for her and her students. So, Nina, for the children, I think the rewarding outcome for them is when they grasp that concept, when they have understood that skill. There is that pure joy that they feel. And I know that once I've taught through play, that that knowledge will stick. That knowledge is permanent. And for me, that is a very rewarding outcome as an educator. I also believe that teaching is not only about the academics. I'm very passionate about giving and helping children gain skills in developing socially, building their self-esteem, and having a positive outlook towards school and towards life in general. As I said, we focus on those social practices, the growth mindset, the EQ. So when a child will go out of their way to be kind to someone and they know no one's watching, or they will go and pick up litter from the playground with nobody asking them to do it, that for me is a positive impact that an educator has, has given to that child. And we teach our, so, our children our social skills through lots of play interactions and role playing, using concrete resources to actually help them develop those emotional skills that is so, so important in a young child's life. So I think when your teachable moments come alive, then you know that you have opened the door and opportunities for children to experience those situations in a safe and happy environment. In previous episodes, we have also heard stories from teachers who use technologies in the ways that Bo highlights as relevant for enabling the learner's agency. That was the case of Mark, who told us about his students in Australia and their use of cameras to document real life and Diana from Gaza, who used interactive play in online teaching during the COVID-19 pandemic. Bo also considers the relevance of adult and family engagement, something that we will listen about in our next episode. The key opportunity with these types of technologies is that children can personalize them. They can create and express themselves in many different ways. And one of the crucial things we have seen from many of these technologies are that adults and children can be together. They can explore things together with these types of technologies. Um, so actually we have uh, quite uh, some good guides uh, for both parents uh, and for teachers um, and recommendations also for organizations who develop new technologies uh, and the different ways they can keep attention to uh, the quality they develop. And it's based on the characteristics uh, in the beginning that it's uh, really about Using technologies that enables agency and choice among children, that they have opportunities to create and make things like in Minecraft or uh, different forms of way where they create stories or do stop motion and videos. 
and when they use cameras to document things that are in the real life. You have just listened to another episode of Teacher's Voices. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more about Boas Tierney and the Lego Foundation in bold.expert and in the show notes. Also, if you are interested in learning through play, you will find interesting resources and links to guides created by the Lego Foundation. Please don't forget to follow us and engage with us in conversations. Send in your feedback and suggestions by email at podcastteachersvoices at gmail.com. I repeat, podcastteachersvoices at gmail.com or on social media. Let's keep on weaving learning communities while bridging research and practice. Voices de Professores. Teachers Voices.